review. It didn't taste like grapefruit. Everybody's dead, we're burning up. I don't know, the door is locked though, and it's making me nervous. I can't <laughs> read, how can I write? Yeah, you're straight fucked, but... We can, we're still cutting off. Not a single second of <laughs> <laughs> well, at some point your hand gets tired when you're writing. I'm oh, sure just you fucking wait, Asa. <laughs> it was me. I killed your dreams. What do you want from me? I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut out the part where it's the Asa with the chair, too. You probably... failed English! Oh man, this is wildly and irrelevant. That's yeah, all I've I mean, had in my week. I'm mostly saying, like, a full story where I, get, I will inevitably cut out most of it. Everyone was silent. That's fair. That's all I've had in my week. I mean, you know, fair enough. Thanks, given, thanks for giving us words. Let's get started. <laughs> All right, you know, I can work with that. That's the kind of attitude I can get behind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Books of Bastards. Uh, as always, we have our first and foremost bastard, Mallory. Good evening. Your technical bastard, Zach. That's me. Uh, our ever-present drinking buddy, Caleb. Yeah, I'm here. And a man who wandered in <laughs> off the street, uh, Asa. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> Anyways, uh, tonight we are, uh, well... Mallory read uh, Islands of Abandonment, and I got through the first chapter uh, because I uh, ran out of time and uh, fell asleep partway through today. Poor time management on Zach's end of things. I didn't have a car for the last two weeks. You got Amazon. Did you buy the book? No, but lot if of, I couldn't get to the library or they didn't of, have it, I would have. A lot of lame excuses here, Zach. Ooh. Yes, so we're that reading, or I read, Islands of Abandonment. we pushed back an episode because <laughs> you didn't finish? She has a fucking job. Usually it's not that. It's usually because we're not here. That's true. It's only been like twice. <laughs> That's it. And because I had COVID, so sorry. Yeah, you should be. And then, Z- er, yeah, then Asa had I Showing your it. weakness. <laughs> anyway, you know sorry, Matt. Go ahead. All right, so I read Islands of Abandonment, Nature Rebounding, and the Post-Human Landscape by Cal Flynn. Uh, so this is our first nonfiction book. Uh, and Cal Flynn, she's uh, an author and investigative journalist. And it sounds like she has, like, the coolest job ever because she just went around to all of these places checking out what they looked like post-humans being there, essentially. I was like, that'd be freaking awesome. That'd be fun. That'd be a nice job. I've been excited to hear about this book, and I'm disappointed you did not read it, Zach. I mean, I tried. (laughs) Well, you're going to have to wait, Asa, because we're jumping into drink corner. Um, <laughs> if it makes right. you feel any what better, What are we drinking today? So we are drinking a pomegranate gin fizz this mm. evening. Um, I mean, it sounds delicious. It's really not themed for the book. I tried to look up some Arbor Day mm. drinks, but they were a bit complicated. So this one is supposed to be a little festive because it's pomegranate instead of just a straight gin fizz. Now, this will so, show my ignorance, but what is Arbor Day? You know, it's like, um, I want to say it's like the holiday where you give love to trees. <laughs> like That was my guess. I was like, it seems like, I'm pretty sure it's about trees, but. Yeah, the Arbor Day Foundation, I think. Ugh. I don't know, people plant a tree. A lot or... of people plant trees. Yeah. Yeah. The first one. I don't know if I enjoy it. This is kind of bitter, and it, uh, it's interesting. It's good. But... You know, I don't hate it. I can taste this one, and I'm excited. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. No, I like it. It's got a good. Uh... Well, you know, most of these yeah. drinks call for, like, one and a half ounces of the alcohol. This one called for three ounces. But I mostly only taste pomegranate. 
So yeah, it, like it. it's pomegranate juice, uh, gin, club soda. I like it. Lime. It's good. And then for the, you know, the looks, we've it's got the pomegranate arrows. I think is how you say it. It attacks me every time I take a sip. Did you stir it? Yeah, yeah. stir it. What does it taste like to you? I don't know. I wonder if it's Does it taste gin. like dish soap? Did Mallory do it? Did Mallory get the drinks mixed up today? No, I don't <laughs> think so. Maybe you're not a gin drinker. She's just like sitting there pouring them. Mm, a little bit of Lysol for Zach there. And, uh, oh shit, Caleb got the drink. <laughs> I already have I really enough, just I already have enough ginger in my body as I am ginger. <laughs> that was good. You know, gin, when Didn't I first drank it, it did make me think I was like drinking a pine tree like somebody had ground up you know i can get you, i can actually i can, I can taste that. that in here this one not so, so this is bombay tangeray definitely like you smell it it's like you're in a wooded forest uh, yeah give me those this will be, be a hard one but i, guess I mean if fun. you don't if you don't have to drink nope. it if yeah, yeah, i mean if nothing else i owe you many drinks consumed nope i got <laughs> it i'll get through it i also have uh two of my smirnoff vices in return in backup both blue raspberry, one I dropped earlier, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I got my well, usual. Well, let's hope uh, it goes well, Caleb. Got Otherwise my usual hot tub lifeguard. These walls. <laughs> what was that, Zach? I got my usual hot tub lifeguard, my pineapple mango, uh, fruited sour. Mallory, nice. do you have anything on deck, or you're just rocking the one drink for just now? Just that. I've been pretty. I'm pretty tuckered out today. I made a couple of meatloaves. Hung out with little C. So I don't know how much I'll really be able to drink. Yeah. We'll see. That's true. All right. All right, well, this Take, book, I'm not, away. I'm not exactly sure how to, like, really get into this because it's not a story, really, yeah, it's, so... It's, it's our first nonfiction. Uh, if you didn't listen to the last episode, I guess you'd be going into this blind. And uh, you want to give us a loose premise about it before we jump in? So she's going around, the author is going around to different areas, like, all over the globe to assess kind of how nature has rebounded or how it has flourished in these different situations without humans. So part one is called In Absentia. So where humans once were, I believe, is what we were looking at, and now they're gone. Um, yeah, I, I got I got through the first, like, two bits where she talks about the island and then the giant uh, shale was, I think, the material piles in Scotland. Oh, that's right. So maybe I'm thinking of... Yes. Well, the, the, yeah, because he's probably don't getting live on giant mounds of shale. Right. Oh, no. So it, it's kind of like that. Don't so, yes, they talk about in Scotland how at one time their, um, like their economy was. God damn it. Now I wish I would have reviewed this, but I was too busy making fucking meatloaf. Roof tiles. I mean, it was good meatloaf. If nothing else, to me, it was worth stone, it. <laughs> stone shingles. You know? Audience, I hope that you feel that me enjoying Mallory's meat love was more important than organization. And if you don't agree with that, I'm not sure what you're doing here. I'm just going to say it. Usually a rebound comes with like negative connotations on who you're sleeping with. But I think the nature can do way better than humans. It definitely it, can. That's literally what this book is about. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, well, so at one point, Scotland that. did um, <laughs> export oil. Yeah. So they would um, shatter this shale to get to the oil. And then this shale that they had, they would just pile it up. So it's yeah. literally like... I think they like, did like extract it to a degree from it because they'd superheat the shale. So, those are the shale mountains? Yes. So those, and some of them are still standing. But, you know, they were just these piles of essentially 
I wouldn't want to say garbage, but you know the leftover yeah. stuff that nobody wanted. There was nothing rubble. to do with it. Um, it is pretty much, yeah. Just and waste. some of them, not all of them, are still there. But I think she uh, said, seventeen of twenty-five. Okay, that's right. I, quite I, a few. I read this chapter. I'm glad not this was fresh. <laughs> that many hours ago, <laughs> right? <laughs> like perfect, slightly before perfect. dinner. <laughs> um, but so she goes back and like hikes up it, and there is like life starting to form there. So where it was once just this throwaway there are like plants growing trees that are starting to sprout up so it's just kind of a sign of i don't even though we throw this away we just you know we dig it all out of the ground and toss it to the side but things will still flourish yeah like she was making a lot of notes uh, like basically it's it's not just that like stuff can regrow there it was a weird way that it would regrow after humans did it like they were talking about how some of these locations would have a more thriving ecosystem than, like, an ancient woodland that, like, took hundreds of years to grow. Like, this weird shale pile would accomplish the same thing in, like, ten years. Uh, it is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, when you got no one holding you back. I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, it was kind of neat. Uh, she, she talked a lot. Like, they, they jumped all over. Like, she'd start talking about, like, bogs and how we used to drain them and now... We find them extremely valuable, and you don't don't do that. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting detail in this book. It's like way more than I could like go into now. And yeah, if, I I told Zach I felt like I was probably too stupid to be reading a lot of this book. I agree. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I was about googling me, words like, <laughs> as I was reading. This. I was like, I've only heard the term <laughs> palimpsest in the const or in the construct confines of Dungeons and Dragons. So. No, I don't know what that means in science. <laughs> yeah, I. but very um, interesting stuff. I'm glad I didn't have to read it. I might listen to it. Yeah. I could see me listening to this as, like, I guess a podcast, ironically. Uh, <laughs> I know that we're doing a podcast about it. I just can't apparently listen to my own podcast about this If book. anyone has talked about this book in another podcast, let, let me know. <laughs> Yeah, like I listen to history I'll, I'll all the time. We listen, me and Mallory listen to <laughs> also. the serial killer ones, and I just, you know, I like learning about stuff. <laughs> yeah, the whole time I listen to uh, John Green's like Crash Course World History, just just hundreds of YouTube videos about world history in no particular fashion. Uh, it's just nice. Yeah. Not relevant. I'm getting off topic. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that was good, to, good to keep the I old noggin working every once in a while. I did enjoy that little bit of information you shared today. Oh, yeah. If you ever want world, uh, a little, like, short, like, snippets of world history, uh, there's a group on YouTube called Crash Course run by, like, John Green, a guy whose books we have not read but are extremely popular. Uh, and he does, like, a whole world history series, and I, I, there's they cover all sorts of subjects, like, chemistry and things like that, but uh, I definitely could not maintain my interest in chemistry long enough to get through that one. I do enjoy chemistry. Mm. Man, well, there you go. chemistry was Perfect. like my least I my least favorite subject in school, and I was so terrible at it. So many things you had to just memorize. I was mediocre at it at best. I mean, I passed it, but it was not easy. I cheated. And passed. Yeah, math, math was the only subject I really, like, truly struggled with. Oh, I struggled with math as well. Andrew, math as well. 
Yeah, you really like the flip opposite of us as you are left famously failed English, which was far in the way. My, it's in <laughs> No one passed that class. Not a single person in that class passed it. Caleb, your failure of it is in the intro to the show. I'm just saying <laughs> a fact. No one in that class passed it. I literally met like 10 of them after that class and they were like, did you pass? And I was like, no. And they were all like, well, we didn't fucking either. And I was like, yeah, cool. Okay. Maybe you should like well, look that all... teacher up and find out if they were doing sketchy stuff. Like, you pass this class if you pay me six grand. Or, or... suck my dick. <laughs> what mean. sucks, though, is I got really upset. It was a woman. <laughs> that dude. I got really oh. upset, though, oh. like partway through. <laughs> and I honestly dick. stopped showing up to class for like the last month, which made my grade worse. Because instead of getting like the 45, I just got a zero. Out of everyone that you told you failed English... How many were surprised? Did you tell me that you were surprised that your grade <laughs> went down because you did not show up? For no, a month? I said I was just upset with myself because oh, okay. I didn't just go to like get the F. I just stopped going and got it just flat zero. That's fair. I've made that judgment call a few times when I got to college. Just like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. It was too late to drop it, and I was like, we only have the final left. I'm just not going to do the final. That was a mistake. Wait, was it a college English course? Yes. Yeah. I did not realize that. That's slightly different. Okay. They are <laughs> way less fun. <laughs> they were about the same, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so if I remember, this is way off topic, but like my first paper got a failing grade. I don't know why. Second paper got a failing grade. We had four, and you had to do all of them, and you had to pass all of them. It was supposed my to be six one, pages and not two. My third one, I was clearly like, all right, I need to work with <laughs> this teacher. Kidding. And I feel like I met with them after class every day, and I was sending them my copies of rough drafts be like, hey, how's this looking? Where are we at? They'd correct things. And then I got it back and it still fucking failed. I, I worked with her Jeez. every per step of the way. Well, it sounds like at that point they were pretty much writing the paper for you. Yeah, I don't you're and it wasn't so, good enough Because you were spending them. so much time in you the You should other. have filed a complaint. That sounds like... I, I feel like when everybody fails a class they tend to look at why. Yeah, yeah. they usually, the teacher themselves will typically curve the grades so yeah. that they don't look terrible. Yeah, so that it doesn't happen for them. No, I've, I've been in classes that we all failed. Like, the highest fun, percentage yeah. was, like, a, a 60, and they just curve it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they just, they just, just it. they're just a bad teacher. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No, it, it doesn't does. look good it, for it them. It makes them look terrible. I almost failed my English yeah. class once, but it was because I didn't realize going into it, like, I had basically skipped, like, a paper, but I'd got A's on every other paper, because the last one was, like, write a resume about yourself, like, trying to do, like, get a job. And I was like, I hate, hate actually, like, trying to talk myself up. And so uh, I just skipped it. And they were like, okay, well, you're going to get a zero in the class if you don't have all your papers turned in. And I was like, oh. Do you not read the syllabus? No, not usually. I would maybe recommend that you do that. I mean, I don't go to college anymore, so it's not as much of a concern. <laughs> just in general, anybody out there, <laughs> That's read fair. the syllabus. Yeah. Hey, uh, do better in college than I did. They usually okay. explain the really? percentage. That each assignment. I graduated, I guess. That I'm yeah. one of like my only friends that actually graduated. I realized two. Graduated of them what? High school. College. <laughs> you yeah, graduated going, college. Yeah, I got my AA. Yeah, oh. you fully didn't tell anybody. I didn't know that. Oh. I thought. Well, you they quit. were surprised because they didn't. Eric's going back. You actually. kept that on the fucking down low. How long wow, ago was this? Congrats, when I Caleb. stopped going to college. That you just graduated by not you going just anymore. Gave That's, up. That's not the same as graduating. I'd like to... No, I got my AA and just didn't go anymore. Okay. I want to see the transcript. 
But also, cheers, Kate. Yeah, I don't believe Here, it. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. This was a bit ago, but all right. <laughs> Didn't nice know. Way, I I really, what do you think? I talked about my transfer. And then that fell through. Where else? Do you guys think I just abandoned I wish, I wish whoever, I wish the people. I shouldn't people, be saying the colleges I went to. You shouldn't, I'll bleep it. I wish the people that I'll may give listen. give it a wandering wizard. I wish the people that may listen to this could see how it's surprised well. I hope that just the people in this can forgive <laughs> we us. All just, we all just not ass- talking about books for the last ten minutes. We all just assumed Caleb just stopped going and never. <laughs> literally, had a literally, and he never corrected. He never asked. And in he a never way, said. In a way, it's about <laughs> books. Because I'm, I'm a. Oh, AC you, you graduate college. I, yeah, I go to the associate, yeah. Okay, so I'm the only one here who doesn't actually have a degree, but we have made it a title characteristic of the show that we make fun of Caleb for not being able to read. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just how it unfolded, huh? <laughs> it didn't make me better at reading getting that. Well, I mean, we can... It's never too late for us to rewrite the narrative here, you know? That's true. Yeah, maybe... Now shut up, you stupid son of a okay, bitch. Okay, all right. I, you now. know what? I prefer yeah. the old ways. <laughs> you read one. You read one chapter. Caleb, get My back God. on the floor. Yeah. Knowing knowing everyone in this room, you guys are gonna forget next time we record this that this entire conversation happened. It's gonna Maybe. be like when I. It's well, like yeah, when, we all drink it here. It's gonna Maybe. be like when I talk about how I don't like popcorn. I knew you were gonna bring that up. And then ten minutes later, people are like, "You want more popcorn?" I'm like, "I didn't have any of the popcorn." Already. Like, yeah. Maybe you two should swap roles. You read the book. <laughs> I don't want to is the problem. <laughs> yeah, see, the, the trade-off is that I like reading. <laughs> Would you listen to it? Would I listen to the book? No, probably not. I don't listen to the things I want to listen to. What do you always have your headphones to. in at work for, then? Honestly, I listen to, like, just one noise song, and then I just forget that they're in. Okay. That actually used to happen to me a lot. Okay, so back to the book. <laughs> yeah, that was, I hope you guys enjoyed that. <laughs> okay, so she also, I'm going, I'm not going to touch on every place probably that she went to and talked to, or saw, but, um, so she does go to Estonia. Speak to the land. <laughs> Estonia also. So after, like, the fall of the Soviet Union, apparently a lot of land was abandoned, particularly farmland, just because of how the Soviet Union or how Russia operated. It was, like, almost, like, sounded like it was, like, communal farmland. Uh, well, I mean, that's that was how the USSR it, technically yeah, worked. But it was, yeah. they also just demanded that entire, like, swaths of land, like, this is a farm now, whether or not people there were capable of making that happen. Or the land was good for it. Yeah, they, they just, just yeah, so, draw a section on a map and say, this is a farm now, make that happen, no matter how realistic that was. So a lot of this got abandoned. So it's gone back to, like, forest. So apparently there's been, like, a lot of regrowth, like, a huge amount there. So much that, like, it's offsetting, like, you know, part of our carbon footprint. So she, like, touches on how, like, re, I guess, reforesting. Trees will take over a field super quick. It's crazy, like, how much carbon they really, like, absorb. But anyways, it was All carbon. They absorb all carbon and breathe out oxygen, I believe. Oh, they did. Um, I believe moss analogy. I, I think she meant though. the amount. No, I don't. <laughs> yes, but that's fine. The There's the statistic of how many humans you would have to kill to make up for planting how many trees, and I don't remember. What I it don't is. know. I mean, I you should look that up. That feels relevant. Uh, Let's just say out. take out ten humans. I like the bit where she was talking about bikini atoll and the reefs growing in oh, there. Oh, I know that was crazy. You know, like uh, bikini where they tested the Wait, what? bikini. Bikini atoll is where uh, 
a location where America used bottom. to test oh, okay. uh, nuclear warheads. Like oh. in World War II, that's where they test before they dropped like the H bomb. Actually, they it was Bikini uh, Atoll was way after. It was during the Cold War. Uh, oh, yes, it's right, basically yeah. during the 40s or 50s. But it was we, more powerful. Yeah, than we the dropped H-bomb. a bomb that was seven thousand times more powerful than the one we dropped on Japan mm. or two, uh, and it was so big, like it was so much bigger than the scientists thought it was going to be, and it scared everyone so bad that it actually prompted, like that was what really started pushing people to be like, okay, we can't use these anymore. Like mm. that was like everyone was like, that's this is going to get out of hand. We we have them, um, but. No more. Okay. Nobody it, else should have. We aren't actually here to talk about uh, like nuclear proliferation. Oh, yeah, we better not go pro- there. Proliferation. We were talking about there. how, despite the fact that that place was fucking <laughs> blast, uh, there is underwater a full, like, coral reef that's growing like, like, Did you guys, again. What's uh, above the water? Anything? Uh, death. Nothing still. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the, the islands are still there. Yeah, there's a small tourist like thing, but it the groundwater and all the food there is too irradiated for any like human life. Yeah. And she didn't talk about any like birds or anything there. She only talked about the underwater life. Did you guys hear about how they tried? I don't remember where it was. Somewhere in America, they basically tried uh, helping coral reefs grow by dumping a bunch of old tires into the water. But that didn't work because the tires weren't heavy enough and the tide kept shifting. So every time coral cry, tried to grow on it, it broke. So they just ended up dumping a bunch of rubber in the ocean they had to start pulling out. That's lovely. They've recently uh, instead done old shipping containers, which works really well. I mean, that, that's cool. cool. I mean, I guess we just have to stop wearing that sunscreen that has the bad stuff for the coral reef in it. But when we went sunscreen. to Hawaii, we you had to wear safe. like the reef safe sunscreen on like the excursion so it's basically just um what is it called it's like you rub fucking white paint on yourself and you it burns okay guys we've had a lot of environmentalist episodes and this one's gonna take the cake on all of those okay (laughs) anyway we wore it on the boat it seemed fine we wore it when we were just laying on the beach Uh one day totally fucking burned both of us fucking fried That so. stuff is bogus. Get the real deal. I'm going to have to call this one the Arbor Day special and not number okay. it an episode. Don't get the reef safe unless you absolutely <laughs> have to because you're going to a reef. It's just a meme. I don't know if it's true, but apparently killing uh, 31,646 people uh, would save the same amount of oxygen as planting 20 million trees. Wait, that's just a you, meme. The numbers one more time, please. 31,646 people to 20 million trees. Oh, I, I mean... I, you know, that paints uh, pretty much all of history's worst criminals in a different light. <laughs> if you look at it from a perspective, I should oh, be Jesus. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. Depends on so, the kind and age of it. What are the chapters <laughs> I got? Yeah, I can't do this joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> that I thought was interesting was the nuclear winter in Chernobyl. Oh, so, I have heard about the Chernobyl thing outside of this book. Chernobyl yeah, well, is yeah, just it's flourishing pretty right well now. Known. Um, I think there's actually like an HBO series about it, but I never did. There's a guy on YouTube I watch who got to visit it. So it was um, the nuclear reactor that like exploded pretty much, I guess you would say. There's probably a more technical uh, term for that, but. Critical and uh, dumped a bunch of radioactive particles into the air. So so she goes. It didn't actually explode, it just cracked. There was a lot of ash coming down. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's still, I think, also caught fire because of the super temperatures. Yeah, they, the meltdown is what it was called. It was like they talk about, like, the elephant's foot. 
Have you heard of that? It's like a room that like basically the uh, radioactive sludge like melted into it, oh. and it looks like an elephant's foot. And like walking in that room. I thought you were sense. talking about like it's a pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, uh, I believe, God, when it originally damn. happened, one of the most irradiated places in the world. It has since calmed down. When was that? It was in. I think in the eighties. Maybe the seventies. Because now there, it's like flourish, like nature is flourishing there. Well, yes, because like the there's no, there's not really human. There yeah, are like humans the whole that live city there, is just but not taken a over lot. by nature. Uh, and man, we're doing bad today, guys. I'm sorry. Yes. Birds. We all have something to say about these things without actually having read the book, except Mallory. Yeah, and it's like so much detail that it's hard to like keep it all straight. But yeah, so I'm sorry. Um. Anyways, yeah, I think it was like in the oh, 80s or 90s. Time. I can't remember exactly. Um, Day special, everybody. <laughs> but it, she talks about how two months before it happened, the Minister of Power for Soviet Ukraine, which is where this happened, um, assured people that nuclear plants were very, very safe and that the odds of a meltdown were one every 10,000 years. So huh. it seemed very unlikely. So they were the one. Well, they talk about it's how if you one. actually, like, break it down. Let me see if I can find it. Um Let's see. Because it also happened in Three Mile Island in Pennsylvania a few years yeah, before that. Yeah, it wasn't um, nearly as bad. It, people just made it out to be a disaster that it was So wasn't. America was a little bit more cautious, it said. Um, they knew that uh, these incidents would happen. And if you ran the sums for the accumulated risk of multiple plants over multiple years, the risk rose considerably. Hmm. Well, hopefully they're done with that, and it's not the one right over there. there. At the end of the day, yeah, in general, nuclear yeah, power this room is threw me off. safer than most, I mean, I guess, the, other than the actual just, like, steady renewable power. Well, that's a, the thing, is it's like a, more, a cleaner energy. Yeah, but it's way, way better for the environment in general than, like, What's cold? You, you know what's wild? Yeah. I wrote a paper about it in that English class I failed. <laughs> As how what was the power what grade you get? I don't F. <laughs> On that paper? Yes. And where this is where we're gonna get our advice for it? Yes. Okay. How do you know what? College boy, you uh you have my attention. Go on. <laughs> no, I, I just remember it was cleaner. That was that was ultimately. Yeah, what it, it, I always, I've I've definitely heard growing up, and this may be colored by where we live. Uh, but, like, at the end of the day, it was sort of uh, a scare by essentially other energy industries to try and talk people out of doing nuclear energy. Every company scares everyone. I mean, that's true. But, like, I meant, like, they put out a propaganda to be like, you know, like, you can't do X or Y. I guess at this point, this is our sixth book that's been, like, pro-environmentally. So, you know, I guess we're an environmental podcast. I could stay, take this stand, you know. The only Big problem, oil might be bad for all of us. <laughs> the only problem is like the nuclear waste, which is as bad as people up. make it out to be. Dig Hard a, to dig do a hole. for sure. <laughs> dig a hole, line it with lead, and, you know, it honestly takes a lot of work. But, it's a lot of work for sure. But, I mean, it's still less work than uh, what we currently have to do to combat Ooh. global warming. <laughs> I actually remember. I actually remember one of the things from that paper I wrote is that uh, one of the... Jesus. Arbor Day special. Arbor Day special. <laughs> uh, one of the nuclear plants basically was uh, next to an old dormant volcano, and they would store it as instead of digging holes, they would actually use the pre-made tunnels underneath the volcano. Oh, that's cool. So it was easier. They didn't have to spend the money on digging or, like, you know, the manpower. Yeah, you can just put lead-lined 
concrete super yeah, containers yeah. in those holes. I believe I believe that is a thing. I wrote about in that paper. I mean, that that's fucking cool if that's true. Or genius idea, Caleb. What if it, it erupts again? Or genius idea. I mean, it blows all that I think shit. You can well, optimistically, tell. I mean, most dead volcanoes, like if they're likely to come back to dead? life, they're coming back to life in the same like timetable that those half lives are going to like end. Or maybe that's the secret. Because it's like, what, like it's like a thousand years or whatever for like X isotope to. So uh, there's one that. Oh God, we like, have numbers. Well, yeah. Um, this is the first time we've had numbers on this podcast. That is not true. Uh, it's a word thing. Should have marked it down. Yeah, we'll <laughs> I mean, we might. It's like it, it's Jeff <laughs> definitely <laughs> needs to keep nonfiction on the rarer end of this podcast. <laughs> I can't wait to choose another non-fact. And maybe non-fact that's the solution, Asa, to our nuclear waste problem is just throwing it in a volcano. Ah, my bad. Maybe. Uh, that might make everything worse, or it might make everything better. Let's just fill the. Uh, plutonium, thing throughout the ocean. which I don't think is primarily no, our main radioactive isotope anymore. It has a half-life of 20,000 years. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, Which, uh, I mean, is technically means it won't be non-radioactive for way longer than that because that's how long it takes for it to be half as radioactive. Just throw it in the Mariana Trench. <laughs> no one knows what's down there. We're never going to get down there. I don't that, even know what that I means. don't. Wait, really? You don't know what the Mariana Trench is? What? You've never heard of the Marianas Trench? Where's that at? Hold on. Are you are you fucking with me? I use a smile on your face. (laughs) (laughs) What's this trench, Zach? The Marianas Trench is the deepest place in the ocean. Just period, bar none. Like no ships can actually get down there. Any fish that we've gotten uh, images of down there, they're like nightmare fuel, or just living goo. Well, they look like that because the pressure changed. Oh, yeah, the pressure down there all crack you like an egg. The fish literally, like, not, not, they explode when you bring them up because the pressure changes so much. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, so... Yeah, they got the bends. Yeah, well, yeah. well no, like, that, they're that, actually, that, like, that their, uh, their skin of. is so, like, used to that pressure to not have that pressure, they just pop. We've all seen the famous blobfish. That's not what they look like. They look like a normal fish in their normal pressure. They literally, like, their skin just gives out. I've seen the pictures. That makes sense. Anyway. But, yeah, like, I, I think that's where, like, the anglerfish are, like, down there. Like, the cool, like, ones with the Do you remember anglerfish are fucking huge as shit? I did not. But anglerfish are the ones with, like, the light bulbs over their heads and the giant scary jaws. Like, yeah, they all When you think of a there, sea monster, like. you think of either, you know, like, a sea serpent, a kraken, or the anglerfish. I don't think about it. Anyways, we're never going to get to the bottom of the Mariana's Trench. We're going to have to abandon this planet before we're even close to that, so... I mean, I can dream. I like hoping that we don't fuck it all up in the end. So in Chernobyl, yes, the wildlife is really rebounding. (laughs) (laughs) Arbor Day special. Oh, my God. All right, so... Oh, my God, this is going to release in fucking January. When is... I think, isn't it in the spring? Wait, Arbor Day? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Did when is Arbor Day? We're doing an Arbor Day special in... Arbor Day is probably we're, we're not... We're recording this in January. December, I think. We can't date these episodes every time. Well, I don't know we why. Can. Sure no, we can. I didn't intend for it to be an Arbor Day special. I know, but Zach this is our only way out. I know, you keep... Can special. we cut all that shit like out? ten times now. We can, but Should I probably Should I just won't. close the book? I'm probably. Okay. We're we'll just talk about nuclear shit in this, in this channel that Zach just brought up. I'm Mariana having a good time. Channel. This is good content. Maybe okay. next time. I think. I'm not going to listen to it, personally. 
Listen to what? You. Oh, that's fine. That's my boss, everyone. All right, what are you? Uh, <laughs> what's going on next? I don't even know anymore. I know Gail doesn't. Now we wanted to talk about Chernobyl. Yeah, we're talking about Chernobyl. I thought we were just talking about the book in general, but. Well, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, <laughs> you were talking about the book in general, and we're all losing the track really quickly. <laughs> okay. I'm having a good time. So to sum it up, yes, the wildlife has come back. Um, Yes, so the immediate concern was the iodine-131, but that half-life is only eight days. That means, like, yes, it is not good, but it does, you know, break down. I mean, I guess quick-ish. Relatively speaking. the biggest concerns now are the radionuclide cesium-137 and strontium, I might be saying that wrong, 90. No, that's right. Both of which have a half-life of around 30 years, and they're readily taken up by plants, the flora and fauna of the zone. So the plants there have essentially become radioactive. So people, and the animals are obviously radioactive, yes. but they're they're living with it. And like the guy that she interviews in this particular part that lives there, they still eat the, the plants, like they grow gardens and eat it. So people are willing to take the risk. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, in reality, like it shortens your lifespan compared to like a normal human. But I guess at the end of the day, it's not like it's, instantly killing them it's and i mean you not that different of a choice than smoking or alcoholism humans are still evolving to match their areas like eventually it just might not be dangerous to those guys i think he's suggesting that humans might just adapt to the radiation like biologically which i mean to that small cool. amount of eating those vegetables yeah like not like a lethal dose not so like standing in the room with the elephant foot that we talked about i mean about we earlier. probably have in our, our area well it's funny she talked to or she brings up a scientist who thought that because like of the radioactivity you know like humans have stayed away from you know like the zone in chernobyl for the most part or all these other areas where there's like this high level of radioactivity and so this particular scientist suggested that like they should choose to contaminate the land to create exclusion zones you know that's to not essentially my mind, keep people out which seems maybe scandalous maybe just don't <laughs> let people go there anymore <laughs> Well, so I much, think people are still going to try to go. I mean, you can tell people not to. People still try to go to Chernobyl. Well, you can go there now. I mean, yeah, it's true, but... You, like, people like, I don't take think their that, jobs and stuff there. I'm going to take a stance and say, I don't think that nuking a spot in the hopes that it'll help the wildlife Well, is I mean, a good not plan. nuke it. You can create radioactivity. But you just, I don't ways. think we should poison a spot on purpose. Well, I don't think we should either. I think when she mentions it in the book, she's... I, I, got the, I got the idea. She thought it might have been a little extreme. That, that's probably... Yeah, I haven't got to that part, but whoever this guy is, I'm going to say I'm against his stance. <laughs> I'm going to take a stand today. He sounds like he's he's wrong. I mean, I guess... Asa took a real hard stance. <laughs> it's all about your perspective, he's I suppose. Wrong. He's the enemy, and we need to hurt him. <laughs> we need to poison him, so no one talks to him. No, you're putting words in my mouth now. I didn't go that <laughs> I didn't go that far. Asa, famous <laughs> war criminal. Did not go that strong, with my opinion. So that was pretty I'm not much a fighter. I'm not a fighter. The end of right? part one. So, again... I believe we've covered this before. Not much of a lover either. What was it in the middle? Just kind of a... Was it a drinker? No, I don't remember. I can't, God, I can't remember what the joke was. I'm sorry. I'm a smoker. I'm a toker. No, midnight stroker isn't the right next word. (laughs) Midnight toker. (laughs) Just 
as Toker. No, but that <sighs> does kind of go with the song. That's funny. <laughs> the Midnight Stroker, baby. Hey, so I'm going to slide this over to you. Hey, so do you want that to be your new intro, the Midnight Stroker? <laughs> no, I mean... That's not great. I guess I can hand it to Then Zach. say no. <laughs> no. You don't want it. I'm handing it I mean, it I do Zach. want it, but... It's too late. Zach, Zach wants doesn't... it, too. It's fine. I can have it. Yeah. We're going to double fist these clinky babies. I'm eating the pomegranate. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to stick with my ice. I already finished one. All right. Well, so that was the end of part one. So, again, there's a lot of a lot more I stories, a lot I of detail... That. What? I just opened that straight, not thinking anything would happen. I forgot I dropped it it's earlier. It's been like an hour. Yeah, it's fine. Luckily, it went well. I just didn't have you no know concern. That, you know, if you drop a soda can, it's only like dangerous for like five minutes tops, man. I just you just tap the top, and it's not dangerous at all. All right. It works. It's true. Okay. I'm going to, against my better judgment, keep going here. <laughs> okay. No, I really do want to listen to this book. Okay. So part two is those who remain. So areas that have been populated and some event has kind of driven down the numbers and what's happening in its place. So it starts with Detroit, Michigan. So that's exciting. That is very exciting. (laughs) Once, you know, like a population of over a million. So much worse than it actually is. Me and Caleb have a weird attachment to Detroit for all the wrong reasons. Why would you have any sort of attachment? Why are you to attached? Because I, me and because Caleb have cars? been in a, you know years what? and years of Dungeons and Dragons games, and I sent one of them <laughs> in Detroit, and some stuff happened there. Kind of not dissimilar to this, except instead of Detroit being repopulated by say plants and animals and wildlife and various people left behind, instead it's supernatural monsters escaped from whatever being dimension they could get out of. Okay, so neither one of you have actually been to Detroit. No, I'm just saying this we have a all... weird attachment to it for all the wrong reasons. I believe yes. I covered that. I, all I said was I love Detroit. Okay. So, yeah, obviously <laughs> once like a automobile manufacturing hub, then everything was moved overseas, jobs were lost... People left the city. So the population, it says, peaked at like 1.85 million to, at the last census, uh, it was 670,000. So there's just like abandoned houses there. Mm-hmm. Um, so she so kind of talks about how... two-thirds of the population is gone. Mm-hmm. That drives the Yes, if that's the, if that's the math. I just told you I'm not good at math. So well, I just r- roughly in my head. Anyways. <laughs> All right. So a lot of people. Yes, yeah, so there's empty houses, you know, they've had to board it up, um, you know, people will just go into the houses and die. I can't remember, she t- says, I think, how many deaths there are or murders there are in a month. I vaguely like, remember a weird thing that's like the only thing about RoboCop that didn't come true about Detroit City is RoboCop. Just the okay. robot Oh, here police. it is. Dead bodies but we're on the way! <laughs> dead bodies are discovered in abandoned houses in Detroit at a rate of around once a month. Jesus yeah, corpses are found hidden in bins or burned in arsons. Victims are shot, strangled, or tortured. Think so, of how many are not found in a month. This is a book about nature, right? Wild. So it, she's talking about like what has resulted in like kind of nature taking over. But there's all of these abandoned five, areas. Yeah, I'd say that. There's mm. stuff growing up. Like obviously, animals are starting to take over. It was kind of. I mean, like that part of it was not sweet. But she talks about how. 
Um, there's parks that have just been abandoned by the city. Like the city at one time had to file for bankruptcy. I bet the fucking like nothing entire, left. Like it's fucking wild. Trash that city wasn't being picked up. Yeah, I know. I was like Michigan. Help a brother out. Like what's going on? Well, here? Was it the fucking government? Uh, I mean, sorry to go back to that, but they were like going to shut down a couple of years ago or something, right? What happens if What happens if a city just is like nah? Closing, uh, closing down. Well, shop. there's a lot of like abandoned cities or like a couple of things, interestingly, but usually, I mean, do you, do you want a real answer? Yeah. Do you, do you know the okay. real answer? I was going to say, is this, I mean, is this essentially, because <laughs> I want to know too. I mean, like, but say where we live it. shut down now, all public <laughs> transit stops. Uh, eventually, all city light, like any, like lights would go out, electricity would start to dry up. Uh, you wouldn't be more running well. Any state-owned stuff that you weren't paying people to do, they're not going to do anymore. But we do pay for power and water. You pay the city you for pay, that. Yeah, no, but, the city. But We're essentially, the city, right? when the city's not paying people to operate those utilities anymore, oh, no yeah. one's going to turn the power on for you. Yeah, yeah. And that spreads. Every time one of those goes down, another one of those goes down. Until it is essentially a small, not like... You think of like a post-apocalyptic wasteland, but instead it's just not a post-apocalypse. So like just a just an abandoned ruins filled with people who couldn't afford to leave. So like mm. like you could still yeah. own your house. Yeah, you can still own your you're house. Just essentially it's, now living off the, the land. house is all but become worthless unless yeah, someone finds not, value in the land. You're not selling that house. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, but I'm just because you know, t- I guess if you rent a place, that would get fucked up real bad. Yeah, if you rent a place, uh, there's reasonable odds that you'll either be evicted, which actually probably won't happen after a certain point, or eventually the owner will just leave and you are just a squatter now. But no yeah, one's right. ever no one's ever going to come to take you out. Other than someone who maybe wants something that you have, as Mallory said, a lot of dead bodies found in these empty places. It's wild to think that you'd just essentially be living off the land in... Whatever, yeah, but keep in mind that living off the land in Detroit is like way harder than living off the land in a that's city I, where things grow outside of it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> just wherever you're stuck, that's where you're now living off the land. Yeah. Yeah. So, but essentially she talks about how there's like these huge abandoned like factories where, you know, they used to make cars, but it's kind of just how like nature does take over. Like you'll have like the grass growing up. It essentially it becomes just a part of the landscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wouldn't it, even recognize she talked uh, in the part. She talked a little bit. Uh, there was a while in the New York High Line, which I guess was like an elevated railway, where nature just took over it like startlingly quick. Uh, and for a long time, like it was cool. Like it became a sort of like, m- like three hundred, like thirty foot wide, but mile long park that people could go through. But eventually, someone somewhere got the idea that it needed to be managed, and they replaced all the regular plants that grew there with something somebody thought was pretty that was like barely maintained. And yeah. also warned against the idea of like beautifying a landscape to what you think is pretty as opposed to what could actually live there and benefit the land. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's natural, what's native to it, and then being like, well, <clears throat> you know, like the tumbleweeds. Look here. at people. People really do fuck up everything. Yeah, yeah. That, tend to. <laughs> Almost everything. To a degree. Yeah, seriously. I like our tumbleweeds. So, <laughs> I do too. I love the desert. Yeah. It's 
Anyways, I wish sorry. we had cactus. That would, that would be, be cool. That w- I'm a, I want a cool desert like that, you know? It would make it better. I, don't I will cool say, like, desert. I love... That's too much I don't sun want, for like, me. tarantulas and... Yeah. You know, I don't mind, like, a little... Like, lizard. I do like driving through, like, northern Nevada where it's just this giant open, like, valley. You can see, like, 50 miles in either direction. It's, it, like, in the end of each side, it's, like, uh, mountains. It's really cool. I always... I used to drive down to visit my friend and... It was pretty pretty nice drive because I'd always hit there right about like six a.m. when the sun's coming up and it's just cool. And then it becomes unbearably hot. Yeah, that's why Very I quickly, and crazy is not equipped for a July in northern Nevada. You think you could adapt to radioactivity in the environment? You should be able to adapt. Oh, I said to people can. <laughs> I don't evolve in my life. Yeah, I also, I don't. I don't think that he's <laughs> suggesting that like these people are going to get there in their lifetime. I think it's a like, you know, um, I, get, I think if I stood in the sort room of like the difference with the between elephant like, foot, I uh, would evolve very quickly. I'd just die as quickly. Uh, I can't think of the name <laughs> of the tribes that live up in the, the Arctic or like those, the people native to like the Arctic regions. The they tend to be I smaller. I technically and a drug. Like are more. Inuits? Is that what you're Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Uh, but like mm-hmm. they developed like in a certain way where they were just better living up there. I don't know if that works for radiation, but maybe. I know there are tribes that basically live on oh, elevated that, houses, but oh, in the water that. that have like started growing like webbed fingers and webbed feet, and their lungs like can. What? Uh, open the door. What? That, I mean, I read. I, I like not like fully webbed, but like the, the beginning process are like full visible. Well, we evolved from fish people to begin with, so we're just going. I, I thought we evolved, evolved from fucking. I don't think fish. we evolved from fish. <laughs> I just, I just remember out. learning I that. I was going to say the that people that part was, of that fish. I, then that was like a theory at one point. I remember learning that in school, and I was like, "Fucking cool, man! I would love to." Brad, I want to hear about it. Yeah. Just come on. Technically, <laughs> everything evolved from a fish, but I don't think we evolved from fish people. I don't know if they were fish at the time that things that we grew out of the water. I don't know if they were elf. I could get on board with it. Yeah. Yeah. See? Yeah, I believe it. Sounds pretty Fish cool. People. I'm not Will saying it's accurate. That's what you know. No, she's more annoying when she's outside because I can't pet her to make her stop scratching the door. She'll just scratch the door for 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, in case anyone ever wonders why Caleb's talking about manning the door, we have a cat that hangs out with us in here, Margo. She's uh, one of the co-hosts of Storytime with Stupids. And uh, she likes to be on either side of the door making noise. But if she's on the outside, I can't pet her to make her stop. And Asa only wants her outside. Okay. So. Oh, we've joked about Asa being killed by Margo before. I forgot about that. With the that. gun in the closet behind you, yes. Correct. Yes, thank you. Gun's not in that closet anymore. Okay, he so that's Margo just a, was a brief overview of part two. <laughs> I'm going to move on to. I'm moving on to part three, The Long Shadow. Please So do. this one was kind of. Well, well, I mean, I'm having a lot of fun with this book for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. I'm it's also pretty fucking just annoying. enjoying the book. No, you're not. You well, tell I'm, me one thing about the I'm fucking book, Caleb. In the book. All right. Well, you, we talked about Chernobyl. Wow. Okay. And and that the people are still living there, which I I mean I guess I kind of knew, and I, I knew you could. People kind are of visit still it. living there. Yeah. Well, they, people chose to. People I don't chose think you can like, live in the zone, but they well, live yeah, like yeah, in the. Radio I, I didn't realize areas. how close they really were that they were still in the radiation zones. And we I'm talked about the shilling the piles in the Topics that this book is raising. Talked about okay. the shilling piles and how the forest is growing there ten like ten times faster. I think was said. I don't know if that was the specific number in the book. I feel like to a degree, the spirit of this conversation or this conversation is in the spirit of the book. I'm clearly listening. I'm listing all the facts. It's true. 
I'm okay. not. I was. I'm on your side. So I'm I moving want, on. I want to be on my own side. I'm moving on to part three, the long shadow. Cool. I'm ready to listen. <laughs> okay. So this chapter is called Unnatural Selection. Oh no. And this is. Uh, the location is Arthur Kill, Staten Island in the United States. So this is like a depressing story about, it sounds like, industry coming in. And at one point, in New, I think it started in New Jersey, like back when, you know, I don't know if it was Columbus. I think it was like, no, I think it was after the Revolutionary War. George Washington was there. Um Yep. But they come across this, like, huge yep, waterfall that's, like, super, you know, powerful. And he's like, wow, how could we turn this into energy? So then they're using it to um, operate. What are those things called? Water wheels. Water, wheel. Water wheels, yeah. And so they've got, like, factories set up on the river. And they're just dumping everything into the river, though. So, like, dye in particular, like, that they use to dye clothing different colors. Like, people would say, oh, the water is just, like, running, like, red today or something like that from the dye. If you, like, stuck your hand in, your hand would be red. Like, crazy shit like that. Anyways, like, this went on for a long time. Like, it just essentially turned to sludge. Like, my pee is green tomorrow, today, after the river was green yesterday. (laughs) Interesting. Concerning. That didn't come up. Uh, <laughs> but drank the obviously this water, has contaminated everything. So some of them. What? But anyways, keep going. That one wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we're at um like we're now where this like river drains into the sea and it's still like so toxic that you can't even eat like the fish out of the sea because it will likely cause cancer. So there's like signs everywhere saying do not eat, do not eat. But also then you have like a population that lives there that might not be able to afford to go out and like buy groceries. And there's crabs that live here and people are like, oh, these look like healthy little crabs. And so they eat them anyways. Mm -hmm. But it's actually just, I mean, like if you even get the water in your eyes or mouth, it's supposed to be, like, very risky, I think is what she says. Because she does wade out into the water, but it says, like, she makes a point to, like, obviously keep her mouth closed. <laughs> but, well, so, that's, it's, uh... Yeah, that's crazy. I know. It's, uh, very depressing to read about. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I was trying to remember which part it was. Let's see. This is DDT Tainted Wastewater. TDT? DDT. DDT, I believe it yeah. is a form of pesticide. Got it backwards, but all right. Let's see. Yeah, um, okay. I remember it specifically from a song, Paved Paradise and Put Up a Parking Lot for some reason. I don't care about spots on my apples, leave me the birds. Something about, it's mentions DDTs, whatever. <laughs> it's a pesticide. All right, oh, okay. Good enough. So anyways, this was like a a product that was dumped into the water by these factories and companies that produce, I think, like fertilizer or whatever. I think it was like two components, like that when mixed together, they create Agent Orange. So that's always good. Um, But anyways, it says like the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, so the EPA, considered the water with dioxin levels of 31 parts per quadrillion too contaminated to drink. So that's like a tiny amount. You don't know what you get till it's gone. Give it to me, Asa. Nah, I'm good. Okay, never mind. All right, Mallory, (laughs) as you were. (laughs) Okay, so 
This water's toxic. Like I said, the little crabs, If you, there's warning signs all over this beach that if you eat the crabs, you're going to get cancer, possibly die. Um, just kidding. The sign doesn't say that, but I feel like cancer implies it. Yeah. Anyways, but there's still like a whole ecosystem of sea life that lives here. So they've looked at, I think it's the killfish in particular, and they have apparently, in a surprisingly short amount of time, have been uh, adapted to, like, this radioactive habitat. So it says even the little killfish are now up to 8,000 times more resistant to industrial pollutants than other fish. So somehow they have evolved and are now, I don't know, they've adapted very well. So yeah, kind of like Caleb's suggestion that we could adapt mm-hmm. to just eating radioactive stuff, but yeah, it might but take for a fish and not people. A little bit longer. Absolutely. Probably. Also, I think I think fish are a little simpler genetically. I, I don't know exactly. That's a wild claim, but I mean, two different species, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, like in, in essence, is sort of like the the difference between like a lizard brain and a human brain is. Literally, just a bunch more steps. Yeah, yeah. Some so like it takes more effort to adapt that, in like a biological sense. And even makes between sense. reptiles, somehow. we're not scientists, and I believe I've covered that I'm the only member of this room without a degree. <laughs> no, no, no. You're saying it's true. I believe uh, there are some reptiles that literally just have the three basic survival parts of their brain. But some reptiles do actually have, like, more higher-functioning brains. Yeah, that makes sense. As I assume as any species lives long enough, they get better at stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe it's, like, bearded dragons and iguanas uh, are actually capable of, like, recognizing people. But then you have more, like, I think most snakes are... They'll never pick up on, like, who a person really is. They don't, have, they, don't they recognize if something is food or not food. Kind of, yeah. Like, like, they can technically be trained... But never to, like, the degree of... They're not going to be like a dog where they recognize you and love you. Mm-hmm. They don't have that mammalian part of their brain. they're not going to get commands. It's, it's, there always has to be that food incentive involved. You can't ever take that away like you can with a dog. Reward punishment. There's no love. Yeah. Asa, thoughts? How do you feel about lizards versus fish versus monkeys? Uh, yeah. Well, you brought up some good points. Well, I agree. I'd rather eat a monkey. I just that wanted to know how you felt about lizards and fish and monkeys. He doesn't oh. like snakes. Yeah. Oh, you don't like snakes? No, I don't like snakes at all. Do you like scorpions? No. Who well, likes I don't like scorpions? Caleb has both of those things. I don't really like any <laughs> reptiles. To I be didn't honest. actually have to move Bartholomew out of my closet. He's now sitting on my bedroom floor. No. Yeah. Mallory, you want to pull us out of this nosedive? The kitchen. I'm just okay. buying Mallory time. The kitchen. I'm fine. Okay, yes. so I'm going to move on to but chapter 8. I'm just, again, kind of skipping over. So if you read the book, a lot more detail. Um, but chapter 8 is a Forbidden Forest, and I may pronounce this wrong because I do not speak French, but it's called Zone Rouge Verdun or Verdun, France. Uh, it would be you, Rouge Verdun is correct. All right, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyways, that was Verdun was like the name of the city, and during World I War I was a part of like... <laughs> The Western Front. So there was, I want to say it was like a years-long battle. Verdun is one of the most famous bloody battles of World War I. Yeah, so it went on forever. Um, That particular winter was very rainy. It was just like mud all over the place. By the time it was like all said and done. This isn't a World War I podcast, but it's truly horrifying. There was, 
I mean, there was, like, guns everywhere, bullets, artillery bodies. Like, they said, like, some people, they weren't even able to identify because they were either just in bits and pieces or they sank into the mud. Yeah, so the mud would get, the ground would get so soft, people would just sink into the mud and never be seen again. And there was nothing you could do. Like, if you tried to save them, you'd just pull yourself deeper. And that was just, that's what happened in the trenches. Sometimes you'd look over and a dude was six feet deep from sitting there. He didn't die. Yet. Concerning. Anyways, Verdun's dark. (laughs) Sorry. That's fine. So two years after this, uh, they were kind of like, what are we going to do with this area? Like, it used to be forest. And there was, I think they said, like a handful of trees still standing. But for the most part, it had all been blasted to shit. So, anyways, two years later, the That's French sad. authorities were, like, looking at it, like, what are we supposed to do with it? And I think they had gathered all of, like, the still, like, live ammunition, um, like, mustard gas, all, any gas canisters, anything like that. They piled it up and they burned it. So, like, there's this huge area of land where nothing has grown. So, it's kind of wild. Like, that the forest, sense. the trees are starting to come back. Yeah, it's um, huh. apparently it has extremely high like levels of heavy metals in it. Oh, so yeah. yeah, I think I I, I read mm. when she was talking ahead about how the chapters would go. It was like the land was like ninety percent arsenic or something. That might be this one. I can't that remember would make exactly, sense but um, if it, was, it was talking about chemical. But weapons. a lot of like heavy metals, um, and. I was kind of hoping you'd be, because, like, in this part, she said, or she talks about Fort, again, I'm going to say this wrong, Duamont, which is a vast ossuary, which is an urn for the bones of the dead. So it's like a remembrance hall, but there's, like, a oh, bunch cool. of, like, bones, like, from, like, bones they found in this area. So there's, like, yeah, thigh that's, that's bones, like, uh, stacked on mm-hmm. top of each other and skulls and stuff like that of people that, like, they've never been able to identify. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if memory serves an ossuary, it's like a bone catacomb. Mm-hmm. Well, it literally says it's Latin for an urn for the bones of the dead. So, yeah. Yeah. No. Mm. So, yeah, skulls lie heaped upon skulls. The beams of thigh bones are stacked like timber. Balls and sockets, scapulas, pelvic girdles, joints. It's just... It's not being about environmentalism wild. for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but so yeah. it, I think, like, people can, like, go here now to areas of it, but there's, lot, like, uh, signs everywhere warning if you step off the path that you could step on, like, a still live, like, landmine Oh, yeah. There, I like mean, that. It's, it's been, what, 100-plus years now since World War One ended? They're still finding artillery shells out there. They would fire, I think, like 60,000 artillery shells a day, and that war went for like seven years. Yeah, that's nuts. It's been at least 50 years, yeah, Zach? (laughs) Yes, thank you, Caleb. I I mean, to be honest, I actually really do love that joke, but man, it's not helpful in the context of a podcast. No, it's not. (laughs) But uh, so she sneaks in, she kind of gets in through the fence of where they have like that heavy metal area fenced off and she's able to get in and look at it. And you can definitely tell she says that there's just like this bald patch essentially, but there is like certain like little grass that's starting to creep over. But again, you know, it's been however long for it to get to that point. But eventually, like she talks about how certain plants, you know, like heavy metals have certain like different effects on plants, like the color of their petals, that kind of things that people have tested in the past. Anyways, mm-hmm. it was kind of interesting, just that piece of it. Um, 
But mm. it is very, very slowly, it sounds like, starting to come back. But overall, I just thought that was an interesting story because I didn't know all of that. I did. I had never heard about that they gathered it all up and burned it. Like, yeah, yeah. So, like, as we've mentioned a few times in this, I really like my history lesson. So I listened a lot about like World War One. There's a. I feels weird to plug another podcast on our own, but Dan Carlin's Hardcore History is a segment called Blueprint for Armageddon, where he covers basically the. European section of World War One and like a couple other places, but mostly that. But yeah, Verdun comes up a lot because it's a big deal for the French. Like that was a long battle for them. I bet it is it a sounded big deal. sounded pretty dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds. <laughs> I think most war is fucking terrible. It was uh, World but, War yeah. One. Again, this is wildly off topic. Was one of those wars where like the front line was so big, people couldn't tell if they were part of the same battle. Like. Were they part of Verdun? They're like, yeah, I'm part of Verdun, but they're like a hundred miles north, <laughs> like because it's one line that's just moving back and forth by inches. Man, I just—it's so crazy to me. Like, I can't even think about what it would be like to have war in this country. Ooh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. We're we're I mean, fortunate. We might save that topic for a podcast that touches on that. But I mean, I'm definitely kind of interested. In, I mean, we're fortunate to not experience that. But it's we should yeah. do like a. It's just a crazy thought. To a be non-zombie like, post-apocalyptic book, maybe isn't sometime. It, isn't yeah. it true that we've never technically had like enemies, soldiers like on American soil? Tech. Well, besides uh, the British. In an actual, be- yeah, technically, it was. <laughs> It was never <laughs> theirs to begin with, but technically that yeah, it was no. their country because we were still we're, colonies. Oh, yeah. If we're going by the <laughs> traditional narr- uh, American narrative. That uh, we know of. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we've been yeah, infiltrated. It, uh, uh, Pearl Harbor, I yes, guess. I, I think officially like the last time we fought enemy soldiers island. on our nation, again, if we are uh, deliberately excluding the Native American population, in which case we would be those people, uh... Then we, yeah, I think the last time was we fought the British because we've we've gone a couple of wars with like Spain and Mexico, but it's always been south of the border. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess technically when we took Texas, that I mean, I guess it became American soil. Give it back. <laughs> oh my goodness, Mallory. <laughs> I'm just yeah, but yeah, yeah, but that was all, yeah. Those are listeners. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. We have fucking seven. But none of this stuff was like a big deal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Might have been for the people involved at the uh, time. The, the Texas was, thing was probably a big deal. That's a big state. That will. We can't go there now. You're going to get in a fight. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't use it. I guess, assuming you don't read the podcast title, or no one knows who you are. <laughs> Only all of our names are on there. My yeah. name's on there? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I always think about how crazy, I mean... <laughs> Legally, you are a full member of this podcast, and I have to give you credit. Just to be in a war like that, where you're in a trench, sitting there getting soaked, getting trench foot, just Ugh. living in literally a oh, mud yeah. hole. Shell shock's a real thing. I, just living in Seattle for a winter was enough fucking dampness to make me irritable. Wow. Well, yeah, like, and that's nothing compared wow. to fucking obviously being in a I tent. enjoy living in Seattle. Well, I worked outside every day and with a fucking raincoat and sweating at the same time. Yeah, I'll admit, working in Seattle while it's raining sucks hard. Outside. I, I worked just, outside. Well, yeah, I know. I'm talking to Mallory. Like, she wasn't working I outside. I walked everywhere. I was always wearing no, a you rain jacket. You weren't working outside. Sweating. I was out there for 
eight to ten hours a day outside. Wow, what a hero. Okay. Oh my no, Mallory's no, I'm not a hero. A job in her life. What I'm saying is, it, it, was it blows one way or the other. But nothing. I could have been out there doing evil. It wasn't fun. <laughs> it was nothing compared to being in a trench with trench foot. I did not get trench foot. Yeah, oh but God. it was still irritable. God, I again, not a World War One podcast. I have so many thoughts after listening to that. So, we got to move on. Get us out of here. All Pull right. us out of her done. So, chapter 10. So, this one I just thought was kind of an interesting, fun little story. Uh, the trip to Rose Cottage, which was, again, hopefully I say this right. I'm saying it how it's spelled, but it's Scottish, so who knows. Swona, Scotland. Yeah, so, without reading the book, I couldn't I tell you. I thought you were going to say it was this off the is, coast of Maine for some reason. No, it's like an island off the tip of the northernmost <laughs> part of mainland Scotland, she said. As long as it's not Irish, uh, I can't even begin to guess. They, they do weird be, stuff with letters. Yeah, so I never know. Like, Irish and stuff, I'm like, well, okay. I, it could be totally wrong. It could be, like, Sharna. I have no idea. Yeah, they put the marks but, on um, letters and stuff. <laughs> Sharna is spelled so, with three Cs. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so an island here where people had historically lived, but by the 18th century, there was only, like, a handful of families that still lived there. Um, at some time, there was like a, a fish market collapse. A lot of people were losing money, so they would move to mainland Scotland or leave and go elsewhere. But at some point, it was one family that stayed there, like a married couple. I think they had a set of twins and then two or three other kids outside of that and mm. just lived there. They had like cattle, sheep, animals. You know, they were growing their own food, that kind of stuff. Eventually, the parents got old. Uh, they passed away, and then I think uh, one of the twins passed away. And then, okay, so it was like the one twin, and then his younger sister left. And I think there was like people would talk about the younger sister and how they never heard her speak to another person, and she would only talk to her family, apparently. I don't know. Interesting. So but like they grew up, a, so she like grew up on an island with just her family, which I did wonder. I was like, were you ever planning on getting married, having children of your own? But I guess. I mean, maybe. if Guess if you've only ever grown up with your family, you wouldn't even necessarily have that narrative in your head to think about. Yeah. Never considered that that was an option, potentially. Yeah. So they stayed there until they okay. grew old and sick and needed to move to the mainland, um, you know, for health reasons. But the cat or the cottage was still there, and when they left, they essentially just left the barn door open for the animals to fend for themselves. So now... You can go back, or I mean, I don't think they recommend that you go back. Oh, is this the island back. full of uh, wild cattle? Yeah. Oh, so I've they've essentially, I think they call them feral. Yeah. She, oh, yeah, like, feral debates cattle. debates the, the difference between feral, and, like what truly constitutes something is wild. Is wild like you were once domesticated, but now you've gone back? I think she was talking about the difference between this animal that could survive on its own if left to its own devices. But then wild is like an animal that has never been, you know, domesticated, has never, you know. It can fully survive without human interaction. And it always has. Like, they've never known that. So I think, like she was saying, kind of feral is once domesticated but now reverted back to a wild state. (laughs) But it's kind of interesting. She talks about the cattle and how, you know, there's, like, the main bull or man. Man. Male. (laughs) Male. A bull. (laughs) You got it. And he's the man. (laughs) The man of the house. The dominant bull. And they'll fight, you know, to, like breed with the females and how there was this sweet moment where like they had pushed out the older 
you know, what do you call it? The previous head honcho guy, Alpha. but he had gotten old and oh, somebody had yeah, challenged him. And so he'd kind of been pushed out on his own. So he's just chilling by himself. But then at some point, he's obviously sick. He's old. He's dying. He's laying there, but his tail was still twitching. This was a story she had been told, not that she witnessed. But that the other cattle would go over and, like, nudge him, like, in a way comforting him because they knew he was not yeah, doing were... well and was going to die. But, yeah, at this point, they're all wild. I think pretty much it. they say, like, if you don't mess with them, they won't really mess with you. Like but, buffalo. I mean, like, animals <laughs> have their own communities, and a lot of them, like, at least understand what humans mean to them. Uh, they were talking about, I think it was early in the book, they were talking about Japan during, like, 2020. Like, there was a type of deer that would start showing up in Japanese streets uh, because they'd just grown so used to humans giving them food. they just wander around human neighborhoods where people were closed in, just, like, looking for people to give them handouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens. That's pretty common. But yeah, like, I mean, like, like human... Moose like, and, moose the wild, wildlife does, like, recognize us as other wildlife, just a very specific kind. Yeah. Deer get pretty friendly pretty They'll quick. They'll come looking for you if you don't look for them. Yeah, as long as you aren't hostile to them. Like, there's a lot of wildlife that just accepts that you're there. Like, I mean, like, squirrels and birds don't want us to touch them, but they're willing to hang out within 15 feet of you. Yeah. And, I mean, really, they're fucking a hundredth your size. Why would they want you to touch them? <laughs> it was kind of sad. She talks about how, like, they can get into, like, parts of the cottage or the other buildings there, and if, like, the door closes and they can't get out, they essentially just, like, starve to death or they, like, bang themselves against the I'd doors. Take the do- if I went back, I'd take the doors down. Yeah. Like, just go out Why of my not, way to make you know? sure that that couldn't happen. Yeah. Well, One last kind act. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, like... It was your place, like, if it's your, to a degree, your duty to take care of it for who's coming next, even if it's not who you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Anyways, interesting Hmm. story. Yeah, that's a nice story. Some wild cat. That made me happy. (laughs) No, I like that, actually. That was really, that was really nice. It was inspirational, I thought, slightly for some reason. (laughs) <laughs> Not sure why I felt inspired by I it. I feel like it was... You can become wild again. Like, I think our dogs, if we, nah, like, opened know. all the That's doors a... in the house and we died or left, I don't think they'd be able I to... Mallory, I want to say... I just, just want to touch on that. Mallory. I really love that line. You can... Ah! Oh, my God. You can become wild again. Wow, we lost the moment. Sorry. Sophie? I saw it happen, but I couldn't stop There is chaos amongst the dogs, everybody. You're okay. They've become wild again. Yeah, I fucking wish. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Just kidding. His Mitchell goes to sleep under our podcasting table. <sighs> anyway, all right. So part four is Endgame. So I will finish it with this story. The Avengers? <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. Never I, seen it. Never heard of it. I haven't either. I, that's not true. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. And I know what happens. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of it hard dies. not to. I don't even know what happens. Spider-Man die? No, he doesn't die. That wrong one. That happened in the previous. Yeah, I mean it's okay. I don't. Sorry, it's like spoilers for it. They're like dead, but they're not really dead. They all die, but they're gonna come back because they're gonna keep making these movies until we're all fucking dead and gone. We can't spoil Islands of Abandonment because it's literally history, but we can spoil Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, and I guess that's what we're doing. If you don't already know the ending, you're living under a fucking rock, which maybe you are. Good for you. I am. 
If you, do, if you, you don't know what happened again. in Endgame, you don't know what Endgame is, consider yourself lucky. Yeah, I don't care enough to... I enjoyed it. I like those movies. They're just like, God, one way... It's, you can't even take it seriously. Like, people are like, oh, so sad. I, I cried. I'm like, dude, they're bringing him... Iron Man is coming back. Okay. Just with a different actor. A worse actor. So don't worry. None of it's yeah, actually I mean, permanent. I think they are. Tom Cruise. That didn't happen? Spoiler yes, alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert for Zach. Spoiler alert for the future. Tom Cruise is the new Iron Man. You're gonna I don't die. think that's true. This is not a Avengers podcast. We gotta get out of the, get us out of here. Okay, let's talk. Please about, take us to the actual end game. Let's talk about Chapter Eleven Revelation, and then we'll come back. to Whoa! That. It's okay. And again, I'm gonna say this. Wait, is this probably. seriously called Revelations? Just Revelation. Are we in the Bible? Oh, we're doing the Bible. No, I that was okay. Yeah, Revelations is also the final chapter of the Bible. Yeah, and I think this is like the final. I did not know that. Book, so. Okay. Never got that far into That's the Bible. like Jesus yeah, comes is... back and starts fighting the devil and stuff. That's, I mean, like, if you can get past the fact that it was written hundreds of years ago, it's a cool concept. Hmm. It's if, not. If you can get past the fact that people worship it as a religion, it's kind of a cool concept. <laughs> wow. Hard stance is taken tonight, that was everybody. Hard stance. <laughs> like, okay. If you didn't get that we were a pre- predominantly open-ended uh, faith here uh, from Blood of Heaven, you fucked up coming to this one. <laughs> okay, so <Whatever. laughs> Revelation. So this takes place in Plymouth, and I will say this wrong probably, Montserrat. It's a British territory in the Caribbean. Montserrat? I don't think. I'm Mo- just kidding. <laughs> I haven't even seen this. Mon- I mean, honestly, if it's, if it's a British province, you're probably pronouncing it. Well, it's in right. the Caribbean. It'd still be British, though, wouldn't it? If it's named, uh, whatever. <sighs> it's fine if you pronounce it The right. only I'll reason that I feel bad about not having finished the book at this point is because I can't double-check your pronunciation. <laughs> I will I accept mean, I it guess you could on you Google Translation, it. but that's yeah. okay. I prefer to dive into this blind. And re- this has been a fun podcast to make a fool of myself So this tonight. is essentially a volcano erupted here, and I believe it was 1997. So, yes, it says on June 25th, 1997, a massive eruption saw 150 million cubic feet of magma ejected from the name of this volcano. So, I mean, this was a town, like a whole town that lived here that didn't even know this was a volcano. It was just a mountain. Yeah, did not know that this was an active volcano. So there was one guy and his son who there had been, you know, it kind of looks like a French name. Dang. It started. It does look like uh, Montserrat, or Montserrat. Uh, I my my initial instinct is to say Montserrat, but I have no idea. That could be right. Especially given that I think it's also in the. Uh, nope, that's not right. Never mind. So at first it was like these vents cracked open and they were like steaming and there was like this thick gray mud coming out of it. This went on for like a year or so and then it full on erupted. So people had been evacuated. Um, I think it said there were, like, some people that refused to evacuate when the thing actually did erupt. Of course. Um, so it wasn't the whole area. It wasn't just, like, It a... killed 19 residents who had returned against advice. Uh, but they died instantly. Apparently, this material burns at 750 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah. Or you would suffocate on the smoke and ash. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, volcanoes will... Fuck you up. I didn't know. Remember that movie Dante's Peak? I do. I think like a lot of people. I mean, like, 
what Mount St. Helens only erupted a and couple of years before 1989 we or yeah right 80? Yeah, 1980 right. I think yeah it was it wasn't that long before we were born but it's enough that like we know people who remembered it yeah right. most of our parents were alive then because yeah it was six years I mean I, uh, I I can't remember if you were on the trip when we flew over it in a helicopter that was cool yeah that would be interesting I would like to go there sometime it, there's helicopter place. tours that fly over it I mean dad was I was in your father, in the helicopter with your father. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the first trips we ever took with him. Let's take a, I'll start with the drive. I'm pretty right? sure you were <laughs> okay. not an age at that time. <laughs> Me? Him. Oh, I have no You're idea. I wasn't the there. Avery. I would have had a real hard time to exist when you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she does. So, anyways, that was just an an interesting story. Like they had no idea that was even a possibility, and then. Boom, it's gone. And people still, like, pay their mortgages, like, on that island in this area because they're hoping, like, someday they'll be able to return. Interesting. But it's, like, half of this island is just, you know, essentially this abandoned nothingness. The last spot in the book that I covered was kind of interesting, and depending on our listeners and where you live might be controversial. I guess there is a area... There's an island off Greece, Cyprus. Cyprus, yeah. Yeah, uh, where essentially the island's been divided in half, and, like, the people that live there, like, they have the deeds to the land, but it's essentially in another country that's separated by, like, a wall of barbed wire that's rusted solid. And he's like, I've just stared as my ancestral homes just rotted or become wheat farms. Huh. He's like... Never had a family because I always wanted to be able to bring them to my home. Yeah. That's sad. So they're just hoping that someday they'll be able to return. We slowly moved away from environmentalism into human tragedy, but honestly, I'm pretty interested either way. Making me feel bad. Arbor Day special. (laughs) I don't win it. So, essentially, I mean, that's the story. I'm not going to go into too much detail about all these stories because it's, like I said, it would be impossible to... um, it's all good. If nothing else, we've hit podcast time limit minimum. Oh, that wasn't. <laughs> Revelation was not the last chapter. Sorry, there was one more after that. Um, but essentially, she goes into talking about how, like, what, um, <laughs> like, how much should humans intervene with nature? Like, and at what point are X-Men. we doing? <laughs> Never mind. I, I just mixed up an X-Men and a guy who wrote a really uh, famous uh, German opera. Never mind. Okay. Don't mind me. All right. Well, I made a terrible mistake, and I'm going to need to back out of this room. So I think I'm done then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Please continue. That's it. Oh. Well. Um, how much do people need to, I guess, yeah, let's go around the room. How, how much do people need to intervene in uh, nature and the like? Uh, Asa. That's a question. That's a tough, tough question. Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, I what do you... I'm an easy answer that comes to my head, and is, I may be proven the fool for this, but, like, in general, I feel like our responsibility to meddle in nature is insofar as we have already meddled. Like, if we've already done the damage, it is to a degree on us to try and help, you know, mitigate or manage or repair what we've done but this book has also pointed out that we might be better off backing away and letting nature fix itself so that could just be human hubris like 
That was a good I answer. Guess good answer. To, I, to I, like I was trying to figure life, out. I was like, I think we've gone beyond it already, so I'm not sure. I, I think to plant sure life in, like, you know, like, <laughs> lichen, moss, or whatever, like, we're best off just leaving an area to itself, but, like, yeah. like, mammalian life or birds and stuff like that, like, stuff that is going to die in the immediate time frame, like, has, like, a concept of suffering. Like, we have a duty to help them or at least move them somewhere yeah. where they might not just suffer. Kind of harkening back to once there were wolves. Like, you know, you know, helping, trying to make them have a home that we didn't ruin. I think, I think just backing out, I think backing out of it, Blake, Blake, one of our friends said something a while ago. It was a while ago, but it, it just kind of stuck with me. When we were talking about how, like, you know, humans kind of fucked up the planet. And he was like, that's kind of a weird thing to think about. Because he was like, if, you know, if you think about it, we only fucked it enough, like, to where humans just aren't going to be alive anymore. Ultimately, the planet as a whole is not going to just disappear. Barring nuclear winter, the planet will well, outlive us. She does talk about what happens if... Um, like the volcanoes under Yellowstone erupt. Oh yeah, I know. and like I'm how that would that. probably ascend, like lead to another. Yeah, but I mean that one is also specifically like, if that happens, that isn't even human intervention. Like that's not. That's, oh yeah, I'm not talking about human intervention. I'm just saying that ends of the world. That just this is not our fault. <laughs> well, unless we do something to anger it. Oh oh, are we gonna develop a faith involving volcano gods? Because I'm behind it. <laughs> There was a week I specifically worshipped the Egyptian gods to mess with one of my friends. Wait, really? Yeah. You shouldn't have done that. Was this that. while you were playing Osiris? No. Oh. You shouldn't oh, no. have done that, Caleb. Which, That's not good. Like, Don't. is there a specific Egyptian god? I mean, I'm mostly Ra, the big one. Like, I'd, like I'd, you know... Sun god. Oh, okay. Yeah. Autumn Ra. Oh, sorry. I was thinking of Greek gods. Yeah, wrong, no, yeah, wrong, wrong set. No, yeah. But anyways, there was, there was like a week I did that. I mean, that's kind of cool. It was just kind of fun. I don't mm. know. I knew a guy who was definitely, like, Seems. pagan and, like, had a, at least some sort of relation to all the, I'm going to say, old gods. But, uh, you know, I never really understood that, to be fair. Uh, didn't have a problem with it. Dungeons & Dragons crews are Dungeons & Dragons crew, and you'll take what you can get. No, all I can think about is Odin. You don't. I mean, lo- there's lots. Of, I mean, there's <laughs> lots of people who still all. talk about Odin to this day. I don't know as like a religion, but at least as a concept. concept yeah. Oh, I just looked it up. The Tom Cruise thing was a. It was a fictional cha- trailer created by fans because apparently there's a lot of people that <laughs> oh want God. Tom Cruise to be Iron Man, which I don't understand. Oh, so I don't not, get it either. Not, not real. You know, like I liked the new Top Gun That's movie, but I still don't like Tom Cruise. Yeah. Anyway. Just putting that yeah, in there. I don't think he's a good person. I've never gotten any impression that he would be. He seems fine. <laughs> Look, <laughs> after what I... I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to let the topic die before we dig ourselves into a hole. I don't know the guy. I don't know the guy. <laughs> I'm going to say he's... I will he's reserve judgment of anyone until I meet them, assuming they haven't committed overt crimes that they've been convicted of. I'm, I'm going to say it. He seems like an actor. Not all of them are great people. Fair enough. All right. You know what? Uh, Bringing us back around, uh, because this is something different we haven't really covered before. And uh, Mallory. I would say we covered it this time. Well, (laughs) that's fair. Uh, Mallory, how did you feel about covering a nonfiction book tonight? Like, what what was your take on, like, reading that back to us? It would have been fine, I think. (laughs) Would have? (laughs) I mean, 
Did you not get out what you, is there more you want to say? We have more time. No, I dare not. <laughs> so your feeling on covering a non pod or a nonfiction book was not with this group. That's fair. All right. So we'll maybe we'll maybe keep them to a smaller amount, but I'm are we fully writing them off or will we do this again? But no, I'll read whatever book is chosen. Speaking of books chosen. Oh, yes, Caleb, what's next? I did choose a book. You know, it takes a long time for me to choose a book, though. I really have to go you by chose what it the cover like looks like. chose it in, like, two to three hours, I feel like. It was about two minutes. I was there. I saw it happen. All right, well, the joke was I can't Less read the titles, minutes. so I just have to go by the picture. But I guess we already discussed that I do have a degree, so that joke's falling apart already. <laughs> Anyways, Only if you listen to the whole episode. It's called My Sister, the Serial Killer. Ooh. By a name I'm not even going to try and pronounce. Yeah, hand it over. Try it a little bit. We have to try. I know we do, oh, but uh, I was going to hand it to someone else. Onyinkin Braithwaite. Try that again, I was speaking. Oyinkin Braithwaite is so you my have an associate's reading. degree, right? O-Y-I-N-K-A-N. Oyinkin. Very minimal degree. We can still uh, Oyinkin Braithwaite. Honestly, it looks kind of neat. <laughs> uh, the, the, the short premise that I read, and you, usually Mallory does this, but I'm doing it now. Uh, the short premise, uh, basically the back of the book burb I read on, on online, is that a woman has helped her sister, I believe, three times now, as she has murdered her boyfriends in quote-unquote self-defense. They have hid the body and everything. Oh, nice Eileen Wernos. Okay. Uh, and the only person that you know the main character has to talk to is a, a person in a coma because she's a nurse. And she is in love with this doctor at the hospital, but has never told him. But one day her sister comes to visit him, or visit her, her, and the doctor falls in love immediately and they start dating. So now she's concerned that her sister, in classic fashion, is going to murder this man in quote-unquote self-defense. All right. Well, you know, honestly, it sounds like a book that this podcast would read. I'm in it. I've heard good reviews about it. It was on the same list as... Uh, Does the name sound right? Did I get it right? I think so. Okay. It was on the same list as Made for Love uh, for good books. It was eighth, and Made for Love was third. All right. So, I was cool. pretty excited. Nice. Right, we'll have to go to Barnes & Noble tomorrow and see if I can find that. They might have it at the library. I'll look online, I guess, this time. Anyways, uh, wow, we really uh, got a lot there. Uh, uh, I have fully finished Caleb's drink, so I'm uh, caught up drink corner. Well, I'm not caught up. I owe Caleb a number more drinks of his uh, to finish for him. But yeah. uh, pretty good. How did everybody do drink-wise? Uh, I guess Mitch helped me finish half of the Smirnoff Ice. <laughs> but uh, I'm, that on son my, of a bitch. I'm almost done with my second drink. Asa, how would you feel about the uh, pomegranate? Granite Chin Fizz. Oh, that was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, no, I honestly, I've, I've officially had two of them at this point, and I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it was good. That took out most of the podcast, though, so I've still got a lot of hot tub lifeguard to go. Since then, I've had a couple of uh, jet-juiced IPAs from uh, No Lie Brewery. Nice. Spokane. Mallory, how'd you feel about your own drink tonight? Very good. I enjoyed it. I like gin fizz, and I like pomegranate, so I was pretty sure I would like it. Uh, Any last thoughts about humanity and its impacts on environmentalism? Stop. Stop. (laughs) Just stop existing? Everybody just plant a tree to offset your own 
Everyone Carbon emissions. Tree and when you think about doing when you think about chopping down a tree or doing anything destructive in nature, stop. Think about it. Don't and do it. Then <laughs> All right, well, it sounds like this podcast is do. trees first. <laughs> Humanity, look out. Uh, go, go hug a tree today. Don't touch the trees. Don't, 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 trees. Trees. don't hug it, just plant one. <laughs> Consume some one, mazes. one native to where you live. <laughs> don't try to plant a palm plant tree. Plant a palm tree. Burn down your house. If you live in live Canada. In it won't work. It won't work. Become I mean, it could, people. but it's going to take a lot of live work. A lot of energy to keep that thing alive. It won't work. Yeah, live in dormant volcanoes. People do it all the time. In Canada? I'm palm saying trees? in environments where a palm tree doesn't normally oh. live. All right. Um, live in a dormant I have been struggling for a little while now to come up with a sound that really closes this particular episode out. If uh, a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Yes. I mean, scientifically, yeah, for sure. I've thought a lot no, about that fucking question, not. and it makes a fucking sound. Reality is perception, Mallory. People that say no because no one heard it are silly to me. You know, I, yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with Asa. It made a sound. It's sort of like when I'm like, God, I've met some but how do you know? Like, no it's one not a crime it. if they don't catch you doing it. I'm like, no, it's still a crime. You just got away with it, you dipshit. Reality is perception. That's Caleb's a monster. And you didn't that. that person. Caleb. Have you watched... How do you feel about the sound thing? In 1899. The okay, I'm going to pull us said. out of this nosedive. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Books with Bastards. We'll see you on the other side of the Arbor Day special. Is there more you want to say? We have more time. No, I dare not.